Machine Gun Messiah is reaching critical mass, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is Jeff, and this is Industrial December. Yes! Welcome. This is my favorite time of year now, and I hate winter. It is. Winter's great. Winter is cold, mechanical, unfeeling. It's very industrial, so that's why we went with it, and because it goes really well with December. It just sounds good. It rolls off the tongue, you know? Yes. Yeah, it really does. See, I'd just rather, I'd rather think about industrial December and how badass it is while on the beach in Barbados. That's just me personally, but hey. <laughs> I like the wintertime. The wintertime is very metal, my opinion. All right. Who are we talking about this oh, We're fucking talking about Cybreed. Yeah? Dude. Fucking Cybreed. Wow. Man, I'm yeah, I know. I'm I'm really excited if you guys can't tell. This is one of my all-time favorite favorite bands, bar none. These guys are actually who brought me back into metal after I kind of strayed away for several years. Uh so I'm very 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 excited uh to be covering these guys. And this is kicking off the what will hopefully be annual Industrial December for discussmetal.com and discography discussion podcast and dan once again this is one of your bright ideas that was really dark and heavy and evil yeah you know i i really like cybreed uh jeff got me into them obviously and uh i've been checking them out uh slowly over time uh at first whenever jeff said yeah yeah it's like it's like industrial um you'll probably really like it um, I was kind of like, ah, whatever. I don't ever listen to what Jeff had, tells me to check out. <laughs> but uh, this is true. <laughs> it actually, it, it definitely grew on me. Um, I definitely like the more metal aspects of the band. I've really gotten into industrial lately, and this band was kind of a kind of a good way to kind of ease me into the pool a little bit. Um, but you know, I kind of listened to stuff like Circle of Dust before that, and um, you know, I thought that stuff was really cool, but. Uh, a lot of that stuff, you know, kind of had more of like a 90s feel to it. And uh, Cybreed is kind of doing it more uh, more modern, at least modern for, what, 12, 13 years ago? I think their first album came out in 2004. Yep, 2004. They're not cutting edge, but they're not um, old school either. Well, there's some stuff that they did on their first record that kind of became staples of other musical styles, which will at this point be nameless, but... You know, they were about five or six years ahead of the norm. Yeah, I guess them, Anemic, and uh, Fear Factory. I guess those three were like the torchbearers in the the dark, the dark hours of uh, quote unquote industrial metal. And although the, the further you get into Cybreed's discography, the less industrial and mo- and just more straight up like melodic death metal it is. I'm glad you brought that up now because when you say industrial to me, my brain starts at Nine Inch Nails. And I know Trent Reznor hates that, but let's be honest, that's how the majority of the world looks at it. And Cybreed has metal chops. They've got metal feel, but they've also got that atmosphere that goes along with electronic music. Holy and, shit, I didn't say it first. And I, and I don't necessarily think that electronics or atmosphere automatically make you industrial. But we'll get into that in a little bit. 
And before we do, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Google Play. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on TuneIn Radio. So if you have an Amazon Echo product, you can say to it, Alexa, play the latest episode of Discography Discussion, and she will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Yes, we do enjoy five-star reviews whenever we get them. And, uh, you know, the thing is about five-star reviews is that we like to see more of them. Um, not that we're not happy with the ones that we have. Uh, it has been really great seeing your guys' support uh, to get us to be a five-star rated podcast on iTunes. Uh, that's a huge honor, and uh, it helps us show up better in search results and things like that. So we appreciate those who have reviewed us. And, uh if there's any way you'd like to reach out to us to give us advice or give us information or um, if you just want to, you know, have a conversation with us, uh, definitely hit us up. Uh, if you like our podcast and you want to see us do well, we definitely uh, love seeing those five-star reviews show up on iTunes. We have a YouTube comment from Mason Danza. Oh, Mason Danza. Mason re- makes a return. We will be in touch very soon, sir. Uh, this was on our Living Sacrifice episode that posted last week. Living Sacrifice was definitely a major influence of ours. First metal show I ever saw was these guys at Vino's in Little Rock. I have definitely been there, and that is an amazing fucking place. It was before Reborn had been released, but Bruce had already taken over vocals. Great job as always, guys. Keep it up. Well, Mason, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for that, and uh, we will be in touch very soon, sir. Yeah, I'll send you a text soon, buddy. You know, I'm just... I'm wishing I was on the uh, the episode for his band because I love those guys too. You talking about uh, Tony Danza? Oh yeah. Hey, give it a year. We'll revisit it. That sounds great. Because why not? Yeah, we do revisit things from time to time. Uh, we also got a, a comment on Facebook uh, from Josiah Heiberg. Uh, he's actually uh, commented before, so we're glad to we're glad that you're still listening, Josiah. That's awesome. And uh, his comment was, so good, guys. Loved this episode. It inspired me to go back to Living Sacrifice and revisit them. They never really clicked with me. It's been years, and my tastes have definitely drifted towards their sound. And I'm stoked on a Circle of Dust episode. How deep are you going? Clayton has been involved in absolute, er, absolutely every fucking thing, even down to the guy who makes the Transformer sounds uh, for the score to the latest Transformers movie. Uh, I bet you could get him to say a few words, too. Uh, to which I actually did respond. I said, we're just going to stick with the main Circle of Dust releases. However, that doesn't mean we won't uh, talk about some of Clayton's other projects in the future. Um, And uh, Josiah, we do have a uh, potential thing that you might be interested in coming later this week, so uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, keep the comments coming, man. Love, love talking to you guys. So, Jeff. Yes, sir. Tell me about Cybreed. Cybreed, um, what is, what is there to say other than the fact they're a uh, they're really a, a two man two men have been doing this from start to finish. They've had uh, revolving bass players and drummers, but Ben and and Drop his name's Thomas, but he goes by Drop. Uh, he's the guitarist. Ben's the lead singer. Uh, have been working on this as a collaborative effort from 
early 2000s all the way up until uh, essentially it was around 2012, 2013, after they were done touring for God as an Automaton, uh, that unfortunately they they split ways. Uh, but it's not; it wasn't all bad. Uh, I mean, Ben's about as good as a vocalist you could get, but I, he had some other things that he had to take care of first, which, I mean, everybody gets that. Real life sometimes just gets in the way of everything else you want to do. I feel you, buddy. That's a very common thing amongst two-man studio projects is there's a lot of time for real life. What are you trying to say, Joe? And that's actually something I kind of wanted to hit on since it is a... uh, It's not really a studio project uh, but at first, but it eventually turned into that. Uh, Drop actually has his own studio and he does a lot of work with other artists. Uh, He runs Downtown Studios in Switzerland. Uh, So he actually does a lot of work with a lot of other... uh, you know metal or industrial metal and actually he kind of uh he does other uh music as well but yeah he he does uh like clarfield and the urkonauts and some other stuff that's actually pretty cool people should check it out and he's also the bass player in sam hale too so if you're into that i mean that's that's one of his primary gigs as well so he's a very busy guy so it's kind of understand understandable why uh uh they kind of had to split ways because he's doing so much all the time but yeah great band uh especially if you like stuff that's pretty technical uh with a guy who's got one of the the best screams on the face of the earth ben has got one of the best vocals uh, yeah i mean his clean singing uh is something you gotta kind of is an acquired taste but my god whenever he does anything that isn't clean it's perfect and even live the dude just his screams are just Inhuman. That's the best way for me to ex- explain it. He has an inhuman voice. This has been Jeff's final thoughts in the opening of the show. Oh, dude, I could. <laughs> I could you guys could just record me for like the next three hours of me talking about these guys. So don't worry, I, I will definitely have some closing thoughts as well. <laughs> cool. I'm going to bed then. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree with most of what Jeff said, and uh, I think that uh, I think this band's really interesting in the sense that. I think that they appeal to a mul- to kind of kind of multiple crowds. I guess you know, from on, on the industrial side as well as the metal side, and um, for guys like me that like raspy, snarly, growly vocals, uh, it's definitely very much in line with that. So let's talk about 2004, Slave Design. Let's. I'm pretty sure they had an EP before this and more than one after it, but this is discography discussion. We talk about the major releases, and this was their first release. Yeah, and, and actually, I believe it was their most popular uh, of all the releases as well, which is interesting because I don't I don't think it comes even close to being their best release. But I think it's the uh, well, you know what it, it kind of hits on what Dan was talking about the whole uh, cross platform. This is by far their most industrial of all the releases. And, I, and it was coming out, you know, when at the tail end of industrial being, you know, really, really popular. So I, I get why this is probably the, the most listened album, but by far is it not their, their best in my opinion. Well, this was also the other side of the world where electronic music, uh, I believe the term that Germany would use would be dance metal, uh, never really went away, but this was when it started taking a break it wasn't the big thing anymore and i know when i listen to this i hear 
very abrupt stops on the guitars. The drums are in sync with the riffs. There's electronics going on and melody going over the top, but the abruptness and the way that the riffs are in unison, that would become a staple of Degent. And what we would later come to criticize Degent for sounding electronic, well, this was electronic. Right. And it was very much on purpose. And it's groovy. It's fun. It's it's that dance thing that you get from listening to electronic music where it's there is the intention is usually to create atmosphere without actually being atmospheric it's all in the effects it's all in the way it's produced and i wouldn't say that this is a typical example but it would be a modern day typical example of what that style would be see off this i just get a really big inflamed soundtrack to your escape vibe uh, the electronics are, are there. The riff patterns are very similar uh, to that record. Basically, what you have is, I think, what Inflames might have been going for on that record. Because I think it's not too far away from the same time. Well, Cybreed and Inflames have toured regularly. Yeah, I think I get a, I get a huge uh, soundtrack to your escape vibe, especially off of this record, especially the first song, Bioactive. Yeah. Uh, with, despite the vocals being different, if you if you told me this was a B-side or, or an unreleased track off of Soundtrack to Your Escape, I'd probably believe it. Um, the guitars kind of have that st- have that kind of like basketball bounce to them, and uh, you know, like Joe was saying, it sounds a little bouncy. It sounds a little um, degen, I guess, if you want to use that word. Um, it's just uh, it's very pummeling though, and I think I think they really really tried making an impression on this album. In that, yes, this is going to be um, electronic. It's going to be uh, melodic, but it's not necessarily beat you over the head of the tire iron brutal, uh, which is which is weird because I feel like the vocals themselves, the the harsh vocals, kind of evoke a emotion in me that makes me think that this should have been harder than it was. Yeah, I mean, Ben is about as brutal as it gets when it comes to especially in the higher range, the way that he just kicks your ass with his vocals. But you're right. I mean, they, they're really... The the music is tends to be pretty melodic underneath them uh, all throughout their career for the most part. And, Jeff, I'm going to lean on you for this because... Yeah. Um, for me, this style of industrial metal, industrial rock, for me, the songs run together. And... It's like they went 80% to a single and then they just gave up at the 80% mark and said, we're going to fill in the rest of it with just atmosphere. So while I can find familiar things and I can hear familiar melodies, I don't hear these songs and I and remember them like, oh, I got to listen to this song by Cybreed. Yeah, this first album does have... Uh Quite a, truthfully, quite a bit of it. There's a lot of it kind of flows into the next. You know, there's really only a, probably the most like uh, standout. It's completely different than everything else song on here is probably Machine Gun Messiah. I mean, that's just like brutal and in your fucking face. But most everything else has a uh, has a different feel. But Machine Gun Messiah is definitely, in my opinion, it's by far the not the most popular. Uh, track, but to me, it's the most standout. It is Ben screams on this are fucking crazy, just straight up crazy. But yeah, it's 
I, I get what you're saying, Joe, on the fact that it, it goes from, it flows pretty easy from one to the next. But I also like that too. And I think that was part of the original appeal for me. You know, it, it's no secret. I'm, I'm an album listener. I'm not a singles listener. So I'm okay if it takes, you know, a half hour to, to, to get through, you know, to get the point across. And they're outside of Machine Gun Messiah. There's quite a bit of that on, on this on this record. So, well, that's also one of the best parts about this style of music, is it's an album by design. Yeah, it really is. I mean, Slave Design uh, for a, a freshman effort. I mean, my God. I mean, there's not many people that can come out of the gates like this. It's very polished. Yeah, it really is. But I mean, you can tell. You can tell. I mean, because Drops had a had his hand in in all of these albums you can tell that he's had some sort of producing and editing chops before he you know was in this band i mean and that's also the reason why it's his main gig now too i mean because he's got it he's got a talent for it yeah i mean i'm not the kind of guy that listens to me especially most of the music i listen to i don't listen to it for the singles because there are no singles so i don't i couldn't give less of a shit about that right me too uh, but what i do like about this record is that it is a really good um i worked a lot this week almost 70 hours uh so i listened to a lot of cyber during that and i have to say i have found that they are extremely good um workout music so to speak um having having that constant beat behind it um i did find myself actually more productive uh, while listening and um what I really liked about this too is the uh, the separation of the different types of vocals. Um, you've got you've got intense screams, you've got melodic singing, you've got kind of this like a more harsher shout, which I think is used more often than not. And uh, and I actually like that because it really accentuates the heavy parts. When these songs break down, um, he goes into more of his like death metal or black metal sh- shrieking, you know, which. Uh, which I think really accentuates the heaviness on the songs. And this, this does follow them throughout their career. Um, I really have an issue. I didn't really have any issues with this record other than the fact that uh, I do wish that it was more memorable. Um, I do. I, I really enjoy listening to it while I'm listening to it, but it doesn't stick with me uh, as much as the other releases did. Right. And one of the things that uh, I have, I, I, I work a lot while listening to these guys. And it's one of those things where, uh, like you were talking about, they're really good for, for working out or when you're doing shit. You put your head down on the first track, and then you look up, and shit, it's 40 minutes later, and the album's over. You're like, where the hell did the last 40 minutes go? <laughs> and, and they're really, really good at that. I mean, it just, uh, you kind of like lose yourself in their music. At least I do. Well, that's one thing about industrial music, and I don't mean pure industrial I mean, when you get industrial rock, industrial metal, it's almost a band, and it really doesn't matter who it is, you can put them on, and everybody in the room is going to hear something that they like, and everybody's going to end up being okay with it. Yeah, because there's a lot of layers going on, so there's there's definitely different things that you can pick out and you can key in on, and uh, I think that's the other reason why I like it, too, is, uh, it's, it is it is well-produced, it's well-put-together, and there's so many different things that you can check out. I would definitely rather hear this for the first time than another playthrough of the top 40 hits of the past 40 years at a random store. Oh yeah, on Main Street. Oh, uh, dude, when I I used to I used to uh, run a 
uh, record store. And I used to just like freak people out. Thank God I was in a college town. Because uh, they definitely did most of the, my buying, but whenever I get like an old couple come in, and uh, I'm 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 playing. I was played like Cybreed or uh, Soil Work or some other you know European metal band that I was into at the time, and uh, they would just like freak out. But I turned that little goofy ass town into a bunch of metalheads. It was the best thing ever. I sold so much metal in the middle of nowhere in the middle of Missouri. Uh, in a college town, that it, it was just fan fucking tastic. But yeah, this these guys are great. And uh, let let's go to 2007. Yeah, Antares. Yeah, Antares. I mean, this is this is my favorite album. Still, probably not uh, the best album though. But it, this this actually this album introduced me. Uh, really to my favorite drummer of all time he's a, he's a studio drummer for this but the shit that he does on this oh my god Dirk Verbeeren I mean he's probably best known for he's he was a drummer for several years in soil work and now he's the uh, the drummer for uh, Megadeth but they actually had to um, uh, they do they did some YouTube videos on some of uh, his drum tracks that he was he was doing, because they knew people weren't gonna believe that one man was making all of this noise. So if you ever get a chance, just just look that up, and you'll be like, holy shit, it is one guy making all that noise. That's not a drum track with a drummer. No, that's one dude doing everything, and it's insane. I am going to complain about this album running into the last album later. But I love how both of these records fake you out at the very beginning with the standard industrial intro. <laughs> yeah. And then they hit you with heavy fucking guitars and the fucking beat and the electronic atmosphere is there. And then the vocals hit. Yes, they run together. They're almost companion pieces to each other. I disagree on that. But I've listened to them a whole lot more, though, too. But I, I love that use of the industrial fake out it's like and this isn't a techno album no this is straight up sci-fi metal i mean i like that dude this shit is fucking awesome jeff kane 2017 sci-fi metal dude that's well, what I this think is this was better um i think this is better than uh the first album slave design yeah because this was this was more melodic but the melodies actually went somewhere i feel like I feel like on the first album, it was like, okay, this has to be melodic because, you know, it has to. Um, and a lot of it, like I said, sounded like other bands, sounded like some other albums, sounded very, very inflamesy, or at least latter day inflamesy. And um, in case you didn't know, that latter day inflamesy sound isn't really my cup of tea, uh, which is actually why I liked the first album because it was like that, but, but it was much better. Um, <laughs> And uh, but no, I really liked this one. I thought the singing was better, and it's weird because I typically won't praise an album for being more melodic than the last. Uh, but I think in this case it works. Uh, I actually hear the, in I actually hear the industrial on this a lot better. A lot. I mean, it's more clear, I guess. Uh, whereas the first album, I don't necessarily know if I would have classified it as industrial. It sounded like uh, like in flames, dark tranquility, like a lot of that stuff. And I, and I like those bands. I like that sound, but uh, I didn't really have room necessarily in my brain for another band that was playing a similar style. 
So I feel like maybe that first album was like, okay, we're a band, here we are, we exist. Uh, and Terrace, though, is, is to me, sounds like what Cybreed sounds like from here on. Yeah, agreed. I mean, they've, I think they definitely found their footing on this album. I think that's probably part of the reason why I like it so much is the fact that it's like, okay, this is who we are and this is the direction we're going. I mean, if, uh, all right, I, I, Joe, go straight to dynamic because that's fucking insane in the beginning. I'm glad you mentioned it because that's one dude. This was going to be the song that I was going to mention as the standout to my mind. Yeah, uh, this is, uh, dude. Dark for Bjorn is a goddamn beast. Absolutely. I mean, I'd like to hear any other drummer do the shit that he does on this track. I want to know. Insane. Oh, there's one guy. There's one man. All right. Anyway, that's fine. I know. I know. I know. I know. But I mean, this. I think in in, in modern drummers, it, it he's criminally underrated, and unfortunately, I mean, he's stuck with you know. Megadeth where he's not he's not you know using he's just his keeping a beat bro yeah, yeah he's not I mean I know it's it's a it's a bigger name for him to get noticed I would take a high pair a higher paying job yeah and that's exactly what he did but I mean he's done a lot of collaborations with Devin Townsend so that should be enough to to make you understand on how good this dude is because Devin Townsend he sleeps does, with a knife yeah yeah Devin Townsend does not mess around that's almost sci-fi right there yeah <laughs> We need to put that on next year, I think. Uh, Dynamic's a good song. Uh, I really like Neurodrive a lot. Yeah. Uh, Dynamic's interesting to me, though, because it is actually the only... I know earlier Jeff was saying that the band describes, describes themselves as Black Wave, which is probably the dumbest descriptor I could imagine. Or maybe it's uh, Death Wave. I can't remember, but they... Well, whichever. This yeah. is 2007, where everybody had to make up their own genre. This is the closest to black metal the band got uh, with that intro. Uh, it sounds very, um, very black metalish to me. Before kind of kicking into more of like a, kind of like their their metalcore melodic death metal sound uh, again. But uh, this album too separates itself from being really quite like those genres with its extensive u- overuse almost of keyboards and uh, and drum programming. And that that's really this is the point where really that that's all that they're holding on to as far as the industrial side of it. Because to me, industrial music is usually more uh, electronics-driven, whereas electronics just sound like an accompaniment to the music. I feel like, um, in a lot of ways, you could strip the electronics off of this, and you would still just have a decent melodic death metal record. I I agree. The uh, I think, even though I talk about dynamic, and then actually the end of Revive My Wounds, that's another one where Dirk is going fucking crazy on the drums like the last minute of that song but the the standout track for me on this is probably uh uh 12 megatons uh gravity that that's probably my favorite track on this and it's probably because it's all over it's all over the place and it definitely has more of a an industrial feel especially on the intro i would definitely say this is the song where where the uh the glow sticks show up yeah it is but this whole album's great i think uh I thought you guys would have fun with the fact that there's a uh, track on here called X and Fairies. So, that is pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> not the not the same vibe, but yeah. No, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this this album was actually uh, what put me back on track with with metal. Uh, so, and that's probably why it's my favorite 
because I kind of had gotten into the, uh, I don't know, I was I was depressed and I uh, got really into the whole indie folk bullshit. I mean, and I still enjoy that from time to time, but I needed something to kick me in the ass because I was having a really rough time, and uh, I had I had actually made a uh, a Pandora channel for Atreyu, and uh, I was listening to Atreyu. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this you know this is the same run of the mill. So Atreyu would come up, you know, kill switch engage, you know, all that kind of shit would come up, and then uh, I started uh, and in flames. Uh, channel after that and this came on like the third song i'm like holy shit what is this because i'd never heard anything quite like uh 12 megatons gravity and i was like i gotta check these guys out and i bought everything i could get my hands on since then except for um the next albums uh they had a japanese track that was way too fucking expensive to get it here. It was like $80, and I was like, I'm not going to pay $80 just for one song. Oh, I remember when imports were actually imports, and they would cost three times as much to get your hands on. Yeah. I think, you know, th this was more of a solidifying record for the band. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it more. It's definitely a step up from their previous material. Oh, yeah, no but question. I do, but I do have to agree with Joe here and say that Cybreed is not the kind of band that you want to just cram their entire discography in five days, which is what we do. It's the only downside to our format sometimes is that sometimes uh, we don't necessarily get to spend the amount of time with an album that we really need to spend with it to, to find the more um, find the deeper cuts, I guess. Right. Their music is really, really busy. So you're right. I mean, it's it's just like trying to take Tony Danza in, in, a, in a few days. That's that. That's. You know, that's a lot of lot to ask because it's it's what I would call busy music. There's a lot of moving parts in these songs. So trying to, you know, digest all of that in a week sometimes is an insurmountable task. Uh, and that's probably why I'm going to have a different perspective on these guys and you guys will just because I've been listening to these guys for over a decade. So, right. you know, and regularly, I mean, this band is always in my rotation, always. Sure, dude. It's like when I talk about Zayo, you know. Yeah, it's, uh... exa exactly. That's a good point. This is probably my Zayo. Well, and I think uh, I think this is definitely, you know, and wh whenever I say that, that the albums seem to run together, that it's hard to digest all of it. I'm not saying that necessarily to be hypercritical uh, because, you know, it's not the artist's fault that you can't be bothered to pay attention. You know what I mean? So I think it's uh, I think it's acceptable to say that you know um, a band like Cybreed, you know maybe maybe you listen to one album for two weeks and you move to the next, you know for two weeks and that sort of thing um, to really you know sit down and read the lyrics. Which I actually love the lyrics for this band. Um, they're not cheesy, you know, because it's like a lot of, a lot of industrial metal bands are very cheesy, um, and they they do definitely bark up the sci-fi tree. Uh, a little bit and, and I hear a lot of like critique of modern society told through the lens of sci-fi uh, so really if I could compare the lyrics with, of Cybreed to anything it would be uh, it'd be the TV show Black Mirror oh I thought you were going to say to another band and I was going to say what like Coheed and Cambria no <laughs> I was uh, like no don't tell me that <laughs> no it's like it's like Black Mirror in the sense that you know it's uh it's modern critique told through the eyes of science fiction. Yeah, I'm down with that. It's not like there's a ton of other uh, 
Swiss metal bands out there. Right. So, are you kidding, dude? There's so many. It's oh, out of control. I know, but as far as like, well is Avatar known, Swiss? No. Are Avatar they, fi- they Finnish? No, Avatar Swedish, I thought. Swedish, that's what it is. Okay. There's too many S fucking countries. Oh, it's Swedish, so, you know, it's metal. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rex, right. that's metal? Woohoo! All right, <laughs> yeah. Swedish. I mean, at least a little bit. ABBA, they're metal. All right, well, <laughs> before I go and get my glow sticks out, Ace of Base, I think we need to move on to the Pulse of Awakening. Oh, yeah, dude. No, go get them. You need them for this record. Oh, dude, this. You are not kidding. I need them for this record. <laughs> dude, this this record, this is the, the culmination of of Cybreed, in my opinion. This is by far, and I don't think it's even close, the most complete and best Cybreed album. I was going to say, this one, is my, this one is my favorite of the four, so... Yeah, it's not um, my favorite, but I think it's it's simply because of this, the sentiments I have for uh, Antares bringing me back into the middle fold. So, sure. you know, it's just, you know, we, we've talked about that before, but yeah, Pulse of Awakening is about as complete as it gets and it's got my favorite song that they've ever done on it as well i think if you had a volume fader and on one fader you had metal on the second fader you had atmosphere and on the third fader you had electronics the pulse of awakening would be the perfect blend of those three components so almost by definition this is their best album yeah, they've actually talked about how um, they were actually uh, influenced by New Wave quite a bit on this album as well. I hear that. Yeah. Especially on songs like Doomsday Party. Yeah. Like, it's uh, very out in front. I'd rather listen to this than him. I mean, <laughs> I'll say that for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd rather listen to a band I liked than see blood in my urine, but... Yeah, you don't like uh, you don't like the love metal? Oh, <laughs> Oh, dude, uh, give me this over whatever that is any day of the week. Well, this you know, is sci-fi love metal. I think this is. I think this one is the most industrial uh, out of all of them. Like it, it's because you know, like for the first two albums, I talked about being able to strip away the electronic elements. Uh, but you they did way too one. better. Huh? Yeah, they they did a much better job of stirring it all up in this one and, and making it blend. And uh, you know, there's not as much separation between the heaviness and the electronic. And, uh, and the melody, it's, it's all kind of woven together. Because I think any any record that a band puts out, they are putting a puzzle together, essentially. You know what I mean? And, and it's it's almost like a Rubik's Cube. And I think, I think whenever you're first starting out, you know, you get some of the same colored squares in the same side of the, of the cube, but it's usually not until your second or third album that you're actually completing entire sides of that cube uh, as one color. And I know that maybe is kind of an abstract example, but... Uh, I thought about that a lot when I was listening to this Rubik's Cubes for some reason. And I was just thinking about how like, yeah, this is the one, this is the one where it all clicks into place. It's kind of like that, that relieving sigh that you get whenever you figure out something that's kind of hard to, kind of hard to pin down. And really with this style of music, I think it, I think the worst thing that can happen is that it can get boring. But on the opposite end of that spectrum, it can either be boring or it can just become completely pop, you know? And uh, it wouldn't be hard for a band like Cybreed to just drop the metal stuff completely and go into a more melodic, you know, new wavy direction. Uh, but they they avoided that here. It's it's literally meets everything right in the middle, right where it needs to go. Uh, the way this, you know, if, if this style of music, you know, had a pre-existing design, 
before this band you know they, they're kind of the first ones that really kind of nailed it uh this i have nothing but good things to say about this record um i the songs are much more memorable they they, they uh they're they separate easier for me in my head i don't just hear one long experience throughout but uh there's a huge mix of different emotions and things going on and uh I just I really like the I really like the dynamics of the music, you know, going from brutally heavy to to to, to pop choruses, but it not being about that, it not being this like cheesy transition, you know, this like okay guys, here's our super heavy part, but now we're gonna formulaically go into this uh, go into this melodic chorus. It's not like that. It's it's really broken up. Yeah, it should feel like it, it should actually be there. Right, like it was composed. Right, and that's mainly because it it was. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, he, he, you know, Drop got his, you know, had had his, uh, his his experimentation is finished. Now he knows what he's looking for for a completed product, right? And that's exactly what this is. This is a complete product, and uh, I mean, it just kicks your ass right off a, a nomenclatura right off the get go. Damn, what a what a way to open an album, man! Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Doomsday Party, Human Black Box, Electro Negative, Lucifer Effect. These songs are just one after another. And this is not just some little 30-minute deal, too. This is like an hour long um, with songs that actually have some meat in them. I don't think there's any song on this record that's uh, less than three minutes. Well, yeah, and the closer's like really long, but yeah. Yeah, but that's that's a lot of white noise for like the last like 10 minutes. It's mostly silence, but yeah. No, it's white noise. It's like a white noise. It's not silence. It actually has one of my favorite uh, covers on it too, uh, and it actually harkens back to uh, they. They do a really good job of going back to one of uh, the bands that really uh, brought the darker side of industrial to to light, and uh, and that's Love Like Blood. I thought that was a fantastic uh, cover. Maybe yeah, I I can understand some people getting pissy about it because it's too much, like the original. But, I mean, the original song uh, by The Killing Joke, which is a great band, if you haven't checked them out, you really should. It's a great fucking comic, too. Yeah, it is a great comic, but, you know, since we're in an industrial December, I mean, let's let's pay homage to our roots. And uh, they really, really helped put it on the map back in the day. Uh, you know, when everybody was looking at the pop side of it with the Pesh Mode, the Dark Underbelly uh, was the, the Killing Joke, and they were fan-fucking-tastic. I don't know, Jeff, when you say it sounds too much like the original, to me that sounds like, well, these guys know how to read sheet music. Because that's always the excuse is, oh, I wanted to do it my way and have it be different. And it was, no, I, I just don't think you were capable of performing it the way the artist wrote it. So you decided to change it rather than pick a different song. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't know it was a cover. Yeah, uh, it so is a cover. That speaks a lot to this album in the sense that, to me, it just sounded like a natural progression, right? Uh, in their in their music, which is a great reason to throw anything in there, you know. And uh, no, I thought this sounded really good, and I liked how different it sounded than the rest of the record. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that band out, uh, The Killing Joke, because I'd never heard them before. Um, and I'll, I'd be interested to hear what the original sounds like versus this. Yeah, they didn't get a whole lot of airplay here in the states. I think actually, Love Like Blood it was their biggest song back in the early 80s yeah. uh, from from The Killing Joke. But uh, it actually, uh, it leads into, or the, the song that was right before this actually leads into it, which is actually my favorite song, and you mentioned it earlier, which is... Oh, uh, Lucifer Effect, yeah. Dude, it uh, 
Dan knows that I'm a big fan of a, a band, or a, it's actually a duo called ES Posthumous. And I always think to myself, if, if ES Posthumous was actually uh, decided to do a metal song, this is what it would sound like. I, I like uh, how, how, I'm gonna use my favorite word, atmosphere. People already know I love classical music. So it's like, the, it's got like this huge larger than life opening. I skip forward 30 seconds. No, don't do that <laughs> shit, man. It's you get to the good stuff after that. Yeah. Well, it sets the stage for the rest of the song, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You hippie. Oh, dude. I mean, that's why I love, you know, Dan is such, you know, he, he talks about how much meat there is in the lyrics. And there really is. This is a, this is a crazy fucking song. It's one of the few times I actually pay attention to lyrics. Wait, if I like meaty lyrics, does that make me a meathead? <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm telling Toomey. <laughs> Damn. Oh, well. This this song is probably my top ten of all time. I actually bought uh, uh, my last pair of speakers uh, specifically because of this song. I, I listen to... I, I You know, I, I tend to spend way too much money on my audio, as people who know me will, will can attest to. And... Uh, I bought a uh, a pair of bookshelf speakers. They were about twelve hundred bucks, and they sound. I, I mean, it was like they were made for this song, and it's God. This song is like, I can't even explain what it does for me. Like if I'm in a shit mood, I put this on, I feel better. If I'm in a great mood, I put this on, I feel even better. It just calms me down, relaxes me. It's is beautiful. It's haunting. It's be- it's brutal. I mean, it's everything I ever want in a song. I get all the emotions. It can uh, it can cover anything and everything that I ever want, all in one song. Well, if this is Strong driving feelings on-, on display tonight. Oh, dude, <laughs> big well, time. If this is the driving down the highway at ninety miles an hour with a nowhere in sight, is there an officer of the law? Then the final album by this band. God is an automaton is your built-in dash navigation saying turn right and exit at 197 because we're getting close to the end here. This is the end. We've got about another hour of music. Oh, no, I'm saying God is the automaton. But where is the industrial? It's gone. One song in. This is almost all... Metal, very little electronics. We took everything that we balanced perfectly in the last record, and we grabbed the two on the right and just pulled them down. Oh, uh, the, no, it's still in here. You just got to go in a few tracks. You get to Challenger, and you'll be like, okay, yep, there it is. Well, that's not a few tracks. That's eight tracks out of 11. Yeah. So I would say the majority <laughs> of the music here uh, is definitely more in line with metal, especially when you look at the cover artwork. Um... Like, it's very much like trying to evoke an emotion of brutality. Except that the other records, record uh, covers didn't look metal, but this especially, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I'm never, I'm never going to get mad at a band for being heavy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, it's just a shock after three records to have so little of the electronics. Yeah, I was surprised by this one because I expected it to be more pop. I mean, you can't. You can't just release an album like The Pulse of Awakening 
and then like just go in a heavier direction after that. I mean, obviously you can because Cyber did it, but like uh, it's just interesting to me that that they would make uh, that they would make this choice. Uh, but it was not a bad choice. No, I think uh, I think it was a calculated uh, change, especially after how big Doomsday Party was. And oh, that's, yeah. And that's so what they are not about. That's yeah. as, that's the poppiest song they've ever had, and I don't think it's a coincidence that it's the biggest song that they've ever had. Yeah. I mean, it showed up on Rock Band and all kinds of other shit back in the day, and they're like, dude, that's not who we are. This is a hell of a lot closer to who we are. And I think I should make a point on this. Throughout the the uh, the records, Ben sounds different for his, like the types of screams he can do. He's so versatile, I think. He sounds totally different on this. He is like... I'm like, how can you like have a voice after 30 seconds on this <laughs> album? You get used to it. Over a decade oh. of doing it live. I but, know, but, yeah. but I, it's like he... He was always at you know at ten on this one. He turned it up to eleven. I'm like, damn, dude, do you need do you need like you know vocal cord surgery after this one? Because it's I don't so know. crazy. He quit right after this record, so I mean, yeah, he did. But who knows? I don't think that was the reason why. It was more of a a personal slash uh, family thing. All these guys are you know they've been doing. By the time this uh, God is an automaton is out, they've been doing this shit for over a decade. Drop already has something he can fall back on. I don't know what else Ben was doing besides Cybreed. And as much as I love them, I don't know if Cybreed by themselves is enough to pay the bills, so to speak. I would say not. It, it, okay, let, I think it, I think it can be said that if Jeff recommended the band, <laughs> that band is not making as much money as we are. <laughs> Historically, oh. that would be a fair assumption. This <laughs> oh. man had a discography. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably right. I I do love my starving artists. I really, really do. But I'm I'm really excited that it, at least uh, Drop has been able to uh, have other people that feel the same way that I do about him, and have had people uh, come to him to you know. To get his signature sound on their on their albums, especially like Clarafield, which if we ever do like a hodgepodge episode of industrial metal, those guys will definitely show up. They don't have enough dis- discography to to have their own, but but they are fantastic as well. And you can tell that uh, Drop has had his hands on you know everything that they've done on their composition. But yeah, th- but God is an automaton. It is really really good. There's a lot of. I, I think this might have some of. Some of Ben's best singing, on it is probably on this album. That's just my my personal opinion. I really really uh, like "Line of the Least Resistance." I don't know. Dan likes it too because it's a fucked up video. Yeah. So I, that was a weird video, man. Yeah. I, it's weird too because it definitely reminded me like what I said earlier. It reminded me like. I felt like I was watching an episode of Black Mirror, but you know, Cybreed was there, so it was all good. Yeah, and I think five years prior, and I think the that video does a really good embodiment of of who Cybreed is as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the visual imagery really matches up with the lyrics. Yeah, it really and does. Just the overall sound of the band. Yes, it does. This kind of like high tech, you know, futuristic sort of sound that they were going for. Yeah, it's all that's what's hidden underneath. You know, that's really the bones of. of, of of their music is this you know futuristic high-tech shit 
you know, and everything else is just kind of like, you know, polish on top. But there's, you know, really, when it, if you stripped everything down, that's really what they're what they're about. Into the blackest light for me. That was. Oh, uh, dude, that's I was jamming the shit out of that song on the way down. Put yeah. that one on, Joe. That song is fucking crazy. Yeah, I'm listening to it right now. Dude, that is so fucking awesome. Yeah, that's definitely my standout track on this record. Um, I really like high tech versus low life, though. Yeah, you're, you're probably those are probably uh, my two favorites. I probably think Into the Blackest Lights my favorite, uh, but I really do like. Uh, I think my second favorite is the line of uh, line of least resistance, and po- uh, and Post Human Manifesto is really good too. This particular song, there's almost a not quite the same band as Opeth feeling. The way they are using the electronics and the dissonant guitars and the rhythmic drumming. Yes, I know that drumming is a rhythm by def- definition, but just go with me on this one. It almost sounds like a fake Opeth, and that's a compliment. I think this is just straight up. This sounds like industrial metal to me. This is, this song does. Start starting with like Challenger. You're talking about this doesn't sound anything like Fear Factory. Oh shit! <laughs> it, it, like they're the, the only standard bearer. This is more like the anemic type of vibe of industrial metal. I guess because they're, they're kind of like in a, cha- a chaotic industrial metal band they're all over the fucking place and the vocals on into the blackest light uh remind me a lot of uh extol like uh later extol yeah i can see that there's some brutality on all these records some for the most part they're just heavy and atmospheric yeah i don't think there's a mistake that drops uh his nickname number one is drop (laughs) and number two his studio is named downtone studios (laughs) i i mean if there's one thing besides how how great everything is across the albums, uh, downtone is definitely something that you could say is across the board on all of their their albums. I I, I think you could play like uh, all of these songs on two uh, all these songs on two strings on the guitar. Yeah, with, probably. <laughs> but I am fucking all right with it, man. It sounds great. What are you talking about? This doesn't sound anything like it in this moment. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. I like in this moment, but we're not talking about them tonight. All right, Jeff, you have the floor, and you have an unspoken time limit. Final thoughts on Cybreed. Most important thing about Cybreed is that uh, they're one of my all-time favorite bands, so that should be the, a big reason why they're <laughs> why they're important. No, it, I just like on uh, how well they were able to bridge the gap between industrial. In, in metal, in my opinion, I like the darker side of industrial, and not necessarily the dance side of it. And I think they do a really good job of blending that with melodic metal, probably mostly melodic death metal. Uh, they're just a good band. I, they don't do anything poorly, and I think uh, there's not really a bad track. When you go through it, sure, I mean, whenever you're listening to an entire album on some of their earlier stuff, you can't, you know, there's not necessarily a standout, you know, track that you remember the most, but the fact that there's nothing you can really bitch about, you know, from start to beginning, I I think is more important than having a standout track. It's, but I'm always an album listener. They, they, uh, I can listen, and actually I did it uh, multiple times this week, even though I didn't have to, because I know their stuff forwards and backwards. Just started at the beginning and went all the way to the end, and uh, 
and, and loved every second of it. These guys are just uh, consummate professionals, and I, I'm really, really looking forward to um, the Obsidians that's coming out. Uh, that's actually the new uh, formation of the band. Essentially, it's uh, everybody but Ben coming back. And uh, if you want to, you can, uh, if you go to um, either to uh, Downtown Studios or to Obsidian's uh, Facebook page, they actually have a hint of what's coming on. And if you're a fan of Threat Signal, you definitely want to check out their uh, their first signal or single uh, because uh, we might have uh, some guest vocalist from uh, Threat Signal, which is another favorite band of mine. This episode is full of teases. Has anybody else noticed that, or is that just me? Oh, dude, that's because I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the new stuff that's coming out. All right, Dan, what about you? I think if you bought the Dark Tranquility album in 2016 called Atoma, and you want to hear a band that sounds like that all the time, check out Cybreed. You'll like them. I think Cybreed is heavy. I think Cybreed is industrial, and I think Cybreed is awesome. And I think everybody should pick up at least their first record and listen to that. But if I had to pick one, it would be The Pulse of Awakening. And enjoy. And I love Industrial. And it's Industrial <laughs> December. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about Cybreed because uh, I've only taken them in this week. But they are a band that I have added to my wall of what do I want to listen to today. And I think that is a definite plus because these are albums that I can pull out, put on, and not have to skip around. These are records I can put on and enjoy in their entirety. And those are my favorite records. Dan, what's your album of the week? Uh, my album of the week? Well, I've just been listening to Cybreed. So, uh, <laughs> oh, is it, is it lame to make the band that you're covering album of the week? Only if your definition of lame is making the album of the week the band you're listening <laughs> to. No, I, I think that should be a... Uh, I think that's actually an attribute to how good the band is. Uh, if you're willing to just listen to, all. well, I'm not even I'm not easily impressed, but uh, I will put the uh, Pulse of Awakening in as my album of the week. It's the album that I listen to the most, so we'll go with that. I'm gonna say taking a small break from industrial, but not a huge break from. We industrial. just started. You're taking a break. <laughs> oh, just with my album of the week. Dive in head first, fucker. All right, I'll dive in head first, and I'm going to say Transform by Power Man 5000. My favorite Power Man 5000 record that very few people actually take the time to listen to, but you've heard the singles from this record. I'll let that be the tease. All right. For me, since I already I, I made a tease, it's going to be a Disconnect by Threat Signal. It's actually it's brand new. Brand spanking new, so go check that shit out. Well, Dan, recap for those that don't know, what's coming up in Industrial December? Industrial December, next week we are talking about Clank, and uh, from what I hear, next week we may actually be talking to Clank. So that would nice. be cool, too. And uh, we've got Circle of Dust coming up, and uh, it's going to be good. There, you're you're going to have more programmed drum loops than you can shake a stick at, so... <laughs> And what's going to be our final band of the month? Because I know the Christmas special this year is going to be Project 86. Yes, we're doing Project 86. Um, and I don't remember what the fourth band is. Well, we should have a we should have a fully completed Dream Theater episode coming up soon, too. So Yeah, that's going to be a repost. We're going to put up the second half that we finally got to finish, and along with a couple bonus episodes of 
Adam Ship and Death Therapy recut and reposted. So December's yep. gonna have a lot of stuff coming from Discuss Metal. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna. If it's our Christmas present to you, you're gonna get a lot of extra stuff that you may have already heard before, but it's gonna be remixed in the spirit of industrial. And then keep in mind that uh, that means lots of listening to do on your Christmas break. Absolutely. And on that note, this has been episode 40 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. 